0: So opium arguably is the most addictive substance that is naturally occurring on planet Earth. And it is amazing all the different types of alkaloids that are contained within the poppy seed plant. We're going to talk about all of them in today's episode of Lawyer Up. I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you're watching Lawyer Up. Today we're going to talk about the history of opium, and specifically, we're going to talk about the alkaloids that are contained in the poppy seed gum or it's called latex. We're talking about codeine, we're talking about morphine, we're talking about thebaine, which is used to synthesize the pain pills that we know as oxycodone and hydrocodone. We're also going to touch on heroin, which is made from morphine. We're going to discuss all of those drugs in today's episode. So if you enjoy the episode, hit that like button. If you got something to say, comment below. If you wanna learn more about these types of topics or legal issues, then subscribe to the channel. And as always, share me on social media. So when we talk about the history of opium, we are talking about the psychoactive component that is found from within the seeds of the poppy plant. And the opium is actually obtained by cutting or scoring these seed poppies. After which a white milky substance, uh, they call it the milk of the poppy uh, or the poppy tears. Its technical term is latex, but it leaks out and it's white in color when it leaks out. But after about a day, it dries into this yellowish sap. And this opium sap or this opium gum is scraped up and it contains within it three different alkaloids. It has codeine, it has morphine, and it has thebaine, all amongst other substances in the opium gum. Now, alkaloid is just a fancy word for a naturally occurring substance that has a physiological effect on the human mind. And while we're talking about definitions, we'll talk about a couple uh, that are particular to this topic. Uh, You hear the words opiate and you hear the words opioid. Now, an opiate is simply a naturally occurring substance that comes from the poppy seed plant. So we're talking codeine, we're talking morphine. An opioid is something that is synthesized or created in a lab by man, uh, basically from one of these other uh, types of opiates, right? So uh, when you synthesize heroin from morphine, that's an opioid or when you synthesize a pain pill from thebaine, uh, that is uh, basically an opioid. And today, most people just simply refer to all opiate-related products as opioids. So if you hear somebody say that, that's a general term that kind of applies to all opium products. Now, I'm gonna go through a brief overview because it helps you understand the history of opium a little better. Now, the first thing we'll talk about is morphine. And most people are familiar with morphine. It's used medicinal in the United States in hospitals after surgeries or injuries. Uh, It's used as a sedative. It's also used obviously in pain killing or pain relief. It's also used by the United States military for the same type purposes. Morphine is also processed further to create heroin. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Now, interestingly, while morphine is the drug of choice uh, for pain killing medicinally in the United States, in the UK, they use heroin. Now it's referred to as diamorphine hydrochloride but it's heroin Uh, and that's what's used in the UK for pain killing measures. It's often used after say cesarean section uh, in a hospital in the UK which seems kind of strange. Hello lady, how's your baby? Would you like some heroin? Seems a little odd uh, to offer a lady a heroin after childbirth but that's what they use to kill pain in the United Kingdom. Next is codeine. Most people know that as a cough suppressant. That's the way it's been used historically, and that's generally how it's used today for medicinal purposes. And last but not least is the vein. This is the substance that's processed further uh, that gives us our oxycodone and our hydrocodone pain pills. Uh, those are the three different substances that are found in various quantities inside of the opium gum or the opium sap that we get from the poppy seeds. So when we we talk about the history of opium, it goes back 5,000 years and these poppy seed plants are indigenous to the Mediterranean basin. That is the areas that surround the Mediterranean Sea in Asia, Africa, and Europe. And opium was originally used as a sedative. It was used for pain relief and it was also used uh, in religious or ritualistic type ceremonies. In the late 1700s, medical professionals began to become frustrated with trying to treat people with opium uh, because they really couldn't measure the quantity of the morphine or the codeine uh, that was being administered to a patient. In fact, one doctor wrote that the effects of treating with opium varied from having no effect whatsoever to overdose which made it obviously difficult to particularly deal with specific types of symptoms. So there existed the need to extract these individual components. So they could be used individually and you could give a measured dose of morphine or codeine to a particular patient. And in 1804, morphine was first isolated from opium. And the benefit was they now had pure morphine. It could be given in a measured dose Uh, to the patient who needed it and you could control the effects uh, based upon the amount of morphine you had and usually the weight of the patient. By 1827, morphine sales were started by a Heinrich Merck who started a little company called Merck Pharmaceuticals. Uh, You may have heard of them. They're still around today. They are the oldest pharmaceutical company in the world and they have trillions, that's trillions with a T, in assets worldwide a massive company. Uh, Claritin is one of their most popular drugs today, and they're presently working on one of the vaccines for COVID-19. Thereafter, continued studies isolated codeine in 1832, and it was a great cough suppressant, and it was particularly useful at the time because tuberculosis was a big deal. Codeine also started being used as an antidiarrheal because as you may know, if you've ever taken any type of an opium-based product, it causes Constipation, And so uh, we had morphine and we had codeine being sold commercially. And that's kind of how the medical community rolled for about 40 years. The one big drawback was that this morphine was addictive. It was causing problems and causing serious withdrawal symptoms. So the medical community said, we need something else that is not so addictive. So the chemists, they started boiling morphine with various acids and tried to develop an alternate product. And they did. And in 1874, they invented diacetyl morphine or heroin. It goes by various names, but it was heroin. And this new product was twice as potent as morphine. But it wasn't actually pursued commercially until 1897 by a fella with the name of Felix Hoffman of the Bayer Corporation, B-A-Y-E-R. You may have heard of them as well. So Hoffman and Bayer Pharmaceuticals, they pitch to the German government that we have this new product. It's heroin. It's better than morphine and it's non-addictive. And the German government bought it. They approved heroin as a substitute for morphine. It was actually approved by the German government as a children's cough suppressant heroin. So from 1900 to 1920 Bayer Corporation sold heroin as a non-addictive, a cough suppressant and pain reliever in Germany. Well, as it turned out, heroin is even more addictive than morphine. So there existed a giant problem. People were addicted to heroin and they were going through serious withdrawal symptoms when they didn't have their fix. So by 1930, almost every country on planet earth had declared heroin illegal for any purpose other than very limited medicinal purposes. And so the fellas at Bayer, they threw up their hands and they said, well, back to the drawing board. Uh, our heroin sales didn't work. We're going to have to come up with a plan B. And for those of you that know history, their plan B was acetylsalicylic acid. It's hmm, hard to say. Uh, the easier version of that is aspirin. Plan B turned out to be aspirin. And Bayer, uh, they did okay over the years with that product. Regardless, by the 1920s, the cat was out of the bag. People knew about heroin, and they didn't care if it was declared illegal. They wanted to use it recreationally anyway. So the popularity of heroin exploded all over the world. And while uh, morphine and codeine continued basically to be used uh, medicinally for the same purposes for basically the next 100 years, heroin has risen and fallen in popularity all around the globe. And the successes with these types of alkaloids from within the opium plant has uh, spawned continual research. Uh, in fact, the third uh, of the alkaloids is the thebane, which is uh, Toxic uh, by itself, but it's what our uh, pharmaceutical companies use to synthesize uh, oxycodone and hydrocodone pain pills. And an oxycodone type product was first synthesized by Merck corporations in Germany in about 1916. The oxycodone that we know today is generally sold uh, under the brand names of OxyContin or Percocet. And it is a drug that's generally used for severe short-term pain. Uh, so you'll have your oxycodone prescribed after surgeries or when there's a you know, traumatic injury uh, or event that has short-term severe pain. It comes in various forms, but it's generally prescribed as a pill, and uh, oxycodone is very potent. Uh, on the potency scale, which we will talk about here in a minute, uh, it is the functional equivalent of heroin uh, when it comes to potency. And as with all opium-based products, it is highly addictive. Now, if you want to drop back a little bit, there is the product Hydrocodone. It's sold under the commercial name of Loracet or Vicodin It's what it's uh, traditionally known as. And it is an opioid medication that's designed to treat less severe pain, but longer duration for long term uh, painful scenarios it again comes in various forms but it's most usually prescribed as a pill and it's less potent it's about half as potent as uh, the oxycodone and it's roughly the equivalent of morphine uh, pound for pound and interestingly hydrocodone sales throughout the world 99 percent of the pills the hydrocodone pills that are purchased globally are purchased by one country and can you guess who that is That's right, the United States. 99% of the hydrocodone pills that are sold globally are purchased within the United States. So it's no wonder we have an opioid problem with pain pills because they're prescribed ridiculously in this country. So let's do an opioid comparison when it comes to potency. Now everything seems to be compared to morphine. I don't know why, that's just the way they do it. Uh, So when we're talking about codeine, that's about half the potency of morphine. Then we have hydrocodone. That is the functional equivalent uh, when it comes to potency of morphine. They're on the same level. If you want to ratchet it up a notch, then you move up to heroin and oxycodone. They are double the uh, potency of morphine. Uh, And just to put it into a little bit of perspective, we're not going to spend a lot of time on fentanyl or fentanyl, depending upon where you are in the world. Uh, But that particular drug is 50 times as potent as heroin, 50 times as potent. That's why a little bit of dust can knock somebody out and just a tiny amount of that product can cause overdose and death. I talk a lot more about fentanyl and addiction and those types of things in another video on this channel that's dedicated solely to the history of heroin. Now, when we talk about illegal opium production today in the world, about 70% of the illegal opium comes from Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, The other 30% comes from the Mexican drug cartel and the Colombian drug cartel. So uh, if you know your history, most of the opium, uh, the heroin and those related products in the United States uh, that are illegal and used for recreational purposes are coming from the Mexican cartel and the Colombian cartel. And what is their primary product? Well, of course, it's heroin. And as most of you know, heroin can either be smoked, it can be snorted or it is primarily injected depending upon the types of heroin uh, that the user has. Obviously the quickest way to get the rush from heroin is to inject it directly into your veins. Uh, It's a lot faster to get it into your bloodstream by directly depositing it into the bloodstream, right? But heroin is considered one of the most dangerous drugs. And today it's made even more dangerous because people, uh, drug cartels are lacing their heroin with fentanyl which makes it even deadlier. Now, the types of heroin you generally see in the United States is white heroin. Uh, This is uh, heroin hydrochloride and it resembles cocaine. Uh, This is generally manufactured by the Colombian uh, drug cartels. uh, And you find it east of the Mississippi primarily. Uh, west of the Mississippi, you're looking at the Mexican product, uh, which is called uh, usually brown heroin or Mexican heroin. Uh, in the rest of the world, brown heroin is referred to as Afghan heroin, but ours comes from Mexico, and so it's generally called uh, brown heroin. And last but not least is black tar heroin. This also comes from the Mexican uh, drug cartels. Now, black tar heroin is a lower quality, it's kind of a gummy black tar. It's generally smoked. Uh, or it is ground up and snorted. Uh, Most people uh, don't shoot uh, black tar heroin because it causes all kinds of problems. Uh, The people who would like to shoot up heroin will generally use uh, the purest, which is the white heroin, or you can actually modify uh, brown heroin by adding a little bit of an acid to it. Sometimes they use lemon juice uh, or vinegar that makes it water soluble and able to be injected. But those are the main types of heroin, white, brown, or black tar. Now you can mix those up, Uh, you can mix them with other drugs, and we'll talk about all the various uh, ins and outs of heroin in my other video on this channel called The History of Heroin. So that does it for today's episode. That is your update on the history of opium i hope you have liked the episode if you have hit that like button if you got something to say put it in the comment section below if you want to know more about these types of topics or legal issues then subscribe to the channel and as always i love it when you share me on social media thank you for watching i'm joshua roberts attorney at law and this has been lawyer up send lawyers guns and money out of this